In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This year is the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the Mayflower. Pretty incredible, isn't it? 400 years. And I think, uh, for my part at least, it's very hard to imagine uh, what it would have taken um, to even think about, to contemplate them taking that trip. We have a a problem uh, that is, uh, I think, a very serious problem, uh, which is that uh, it's very natural for us to think that uh, everybody has always been like us, that people uh, always live like us, and that people should. That we've figured it out, that this is the best way, right? That we've reached some pinnacle, uh, and those poor people before, just how foolish and backwards they were. It's a serious, uh, serious problem in thinking. And I I have to paraphrase, but the great uh, writer G.K. Chesterton, uh, who's famous for the Father Brown series, and uh, in my mind should be famous for his book Orthodoxy, uh, talks about that... um, uh, that minority, I'm paraphrasing, uh, he talks about this, um, this minority of those who are in the present uh, that have a tyranny uh, over those of the past. That we uh, tyrannize the past and we think that we have the right uh, to change things that were given to us and entrusted to us to uphold and to value. And instead of entrusting and valuing the things that have been given to us, we say to our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents, how foolish you were to act the way that you did. Uh, How foolish you were in your thinking, and haven't we figured out uh, the right way to do things? And so that minority of the present, those few of us that are alive today for this moment, uh, think that we know what's best. Uh, The pilgrims knew Uh, the dangers that they were facing. That 60-day voyage uh, was meaning that many of them were going to die. They knew that. And uh, even though uh, after that first harsh winter and their time that they spent on that boat, uh, which carried over 100 people in a space about the size of this room for 60 days, with only the water that they brought, with only the food that they brought, half of them died. 50%. And we're terrorized over an illness that kills less than 1%. And are willing to change our ways and our way of life and our thinking. And yet they were willing to sacrifice half of their number for freedom. What kind of freedom were they after? They were after the freedom to be able to follow their own conscience and the way of organizing themselves and in worshiping their God. There are many things that especially the Puritans did uh, that I don't agree with, that I don't think any good Anglican today could agree with. Uh, Their tearing down of the sacred images, their uh, burning of the the altar vessels, destroying of the candles, their burning of all of the vestments. But they were willing to die for their uh, right to worship God according to their conscience. And how many of us today are truly willing to die, to lay down our lives so that we and our children can worship God according to our own conscience? And what risks are we really willing to take uh, 
to do that. Well, we can talk on and on about Thanksgiving, but as I say every year, better to hear from them. A letter sent from New England to a friend in these parts, setting forth a brief and true declaration of the worth of that plantation, as also certain useful directions for such as intend a voyage in those parts. As you know, every year subsequent, more and more ships came, sometimes without enough food for those that were there. This is written by Edward Winslow, Plymouth in New England, this 11th of December, 1621. Loving and old friend, Although I received no letter from you by this ship, yet forasmuch as I know you expect the performance of my promise, which was to write unto you truly and faithfully of all things, I have therefore at this time sent unto you accordingly, referring you for further satisfaction to our more large relations. You shall understand that in this little time that a few of us have been here, we have built seven dwelling houses and four for the use of the plantation and have made preparation for diverse others. We set the last spring some 20 acres of Indian corn and sowed some six acres of barley and peas. And according to the manner of the Indians, we manured our ground with herrings, or rather shads, which we have in great abundance and take with great ease at our doors. Our corn did prove well, and God be praised, we had a good increase of Indian corn, and our barley indifferent good. But our peas not worth the gathering, for we feared they were too late sown. They came up very well and blossomed, but the sun parched them in the blossom. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might, after have a special manner, rejoice together, after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four, in one day, killed as much fowl, as with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest king, Massaswa, with some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. <clears throat> 